Hey, you. Look at you. Downloading the postcast after that devastating loss to the Columbus crew. What are you doing here? Look, we didn't want to record this. You don't want to listen to this. What are we, what are we doing here? Um, look, if you came here to be sad uh, with some other FC fans, well, folks, you came to the right spot. We do our best to process the loss. Did we talk about the game? Eh, here and there, but not really. Uh, you're not going to listen to this podcast and figure out why we way we lost the midfield in the in the second half or anything like that. You're you're not going to get that here. Uh, what you will get is a look to the future, uh, laughing at the cruise owner for engaging in online banter, um, deciding whether we are excited about Albright having another offseason to work on this roster or if we're just still too sad to think about such things. Uh, that's what this podcast is. I do want to say, look, if you're downloading this, so happy to have you here. Excited. If you're skipping this one, go for it. If you're looking for roster news and, you know, players that are coming and going, you're not going to find that in this episode. Maybe the next one, we should have some team news by then to actually talk about. We can start thinking about the future. That's not happening in this one. Um, so, yeah. This is this is your postcast. Joining me to talk about that and hopefully something else, joined by the chief, joined by Grayson. Chief, how are we feeling tonight? Um, I didn't want to record tonight. Yeah. yeah. I sent the text message a little earlier. What's the plan? And if somebody <laughs> would have said, if one of you would have said, you know what? I'm just not feeling it tonight. I would have been fine. Uh, yeah that. i just yeah. we were we were joking here a second ago before we hit record this is going to break podcast rec postcast records for the least downloaded <laughs> episode of all time so finally finally zach blanford will be off the hook yes yes <laughs> <laughs> it was a really good episode you can go back and listen give zach a listen go back to the archives give him a listen he's the new president of the pride he uh restarted ao since he pretty much single-handedly and reinvigorated that it's a great interview with him it just happened to drop back when the 12 listeners of the postcast were actually more like two or three so <laughs> i think when some people missed it yeah, back when uh, we would say 12 listeners and we were sort of puffing ourselves up. So, right. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, but no, I don't I don't want to be here. I don't no. want to talk about this. I'm still. I don't even know what the emotion is. I don't yeah. know. Well, I guess we'll talk about it. Yeah. Grayson, how are you feeling? You know, I had, I'll be honest with you, like. I was feeling basically nothing as Columbus was scoring late in the game. Yeah. Um, Cause I had, I had already like mentally prepared myself for that kind of outcome. And like, I've seen it enough times to this point that like, 
you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's like there's like climbers. Did you ever watch like, um, was it like a free solo? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know how they, they do like a test of his brain and they're like, oh, he's like, nothing gives him like any kind of thrill. Right. Like he gets no reaction from like any kind of activity except for like dangling himself without a rope, like over, you know, 2000 feet in the air and just holding on by like his pinky. Yeah. It's kind of how how I, I am with the FC at this point. Like, <laughs> you need to be dangling from TQL Stadium to feel anything. Yeah, I mean, like if I if 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 I was gonna, you know, get you know overly emotional in person over something like this at, mm-hmm. at this point in time, like I I don't have the constitution. To watch this team anymore, like <laughs> I don't know, like this stuff's gonna stuff's gonna happen. Stuff has happened. Um, it it sucked, you know for sure. Oh, man, I so you know, but at this point, like I, I'm just I guess I'm at a point where the one thing I am dreading is like going to work tomorrow, because like a oh. lot of folks, like I'm kind of known in my office as like being a fan of the team you're the fc guy in the office people are going to want to uh (sighs) uh talk to me about it yeah yeah i don't i don't i don't want to do that yeah i don't want to talk about it i don't want to (laughs) i just want to i try to explain to somebody that it's hey you remember how you felt when Jeremy Hill fumbled that football, that's me yeah. today. And that's yeah. going to be me for a while. Yeah. Um, like Grayson, I walked into this game. So like I had thought I'd reached a Zen before the game expecting to lose because yeah. I, I really do blame you for this, Kevin. Incidentally, <laughs> that you said something. I think it was on Sunday's episode or two episodes ago where you said the storyline would be going out of this game that even in your best year, you still couldn't beat us. Uh, the second I thought it, I realized I it was real. This. As soon as it came out of your mouth, I knew in the fucking pit of my soul that was going to happen, yeah. that that was that storyline is too perfectly Cincinnati and specifically too perfectly FC Cincinnati mm-hmm. to not be true. And so when Columbus started scoring in this game, the first second they scored that first goal, it was done. Like there was nothing. I wasn't angry. I was just sort of like there was this sort of defeated sense and this sense of impending doom, yeah. this sense of impending dread. And yeah, I wasn't mad. I was just bummed. Like it was just a bummer. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't describe it. Like I know sometimes over the past we've lost and like, I've wanted to rage. I've wanted to break things. I've wanted to fight people walking out of the stadium. And this one, it was just this overwhelming bummer that mm-hmm. this otherwise great season is marred by a terrible loss at the end that A, I think was incredibly preventable, and, and B, 
that the lasting memory of this season where this team has done so much, has won so much, the lasting memory that I'm going to have of this season is walking out of TQL Stadium while they're setting up a stage on the field for the Columbus crew to celebrate in our stadium, on our field. Um, and it just, it shifts the narrative for me of this entire year away from this was a historically great season for FC Cincinnati, which is still objectively true on a point sense. Yeah. It shifts the narrative to this was a great team that was marred by a complete and total inability to win pressure games. That when the lights got the brightest on this team, they folded like a cheap suit. Um, and I know we'll have plenty of time to talk and sort of break down how this means uh, for the team going forward, what this means for the roster build and everything. But but I think that coming out of this, the the most the biggest thing I think it the two biggest things I think are number one that whatever the pathway for FC Cincinnati is going forward, Noonan needs to get better at managing these big games because in just about every single one of them this year he failed the eyeball test badly and failed the results test badly in pressure games and number two i know we fought about this on the discord a little bit today some people did i've joined in i just i can't care about this rivalry any longer because it's not a rivalry in order for it to be a rivalry you've got to win and like there is no amount of winning that this team can do that will overcome them coming into our building, taking our lunch money in the biggest game in club history. Like they're going to have to, it's going to take a really, really long time for the scales to balance on this. And I, I just don't care. Like it's until we get competitive in this, it's just not even worth getting fired up about anymore. I don't think. I, I would say that, um, you know, I don't know that the scales will ever balance in my mind. But, you know, if we get the better of them in like one season, um, their fans are going to start freaking out. Yeah. Because, you know, I guess like I grew like, you know, like my kind of heyday as an Ohio State football fan has been dominance over Michigan. Like not knowing anything other than dominance over Michigan. Right. And, you know, they've had a they've had a bad run against Michigan. And like <laughs> you know, I question whether like Ryan Day should even like show his face outside. Right. Right. Um they it's were like what, a hair's breadth years. away from <laughs> right. from winning a national championship last year. But uh so, like, yeah, I mean, they're going to start freaking out. And, you know, they're, they're, they're among the most annoying fans in MLS. Um, and they're annoying in a particular way in that they're in, every single one of them is a friendless loser. Yeah. Um, and they are just desperate for 
for attention. And of course, they're scolds because that's why they don't have friends is that they are scolds. I mean, I think about that article that we read in the soccer <laughs> blog book club about the guy who lost his job uh, yeah. over like... Save the crew, over, maybe? You know, well, it was like somebody at his work asked him about the crew moving to Austin. Oh, yeah. And he, did, he apparently did something like so, you know, got, antisocial. He got that so he emotional. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, that's. That's all of them. I haven't seen one of them say something like genuinely funny. Online, I haven't seen one of them make a interest, make an interesting comment. They just show up. To get muted. Yeah. You know, and I don't like. Like. I, I've muted like a couple of Philly fans, but like for the most part, I think like. I think the Philly fans are like fine on Twitter as long as they I mean, they do like posting about our team a little too often. I just think it's weird. Like, I think yeah. these fans that are posting about like other teams and replying to like other teams, like Twitter characters and other teams. Twitter posts <laughs> is like a weird ass thing to do. Um, but like Nashville, Columbus and St. Louis have the by far most humorless and most embarrassing uh, group of group of people. And. Um, you know, it, it'll. They will start freaking out. And. You know, this is these are the same people who tried to punch Greg Burhalter. Um you know, way before uh Gia Reyna did. <laughs> before the rest <laughs> of American soccer was ready to to throw. Um, <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I mean Yeah, I mean it it sucks, you know. They took this one took this one from us. Um and, you know, once we got that own goal, I thought it's coming mm -hmm. because you knew they were going to score and you just didn't need to spot them an extra one. Right. No, it's it's just for me, it's the idea that no matter what happens in this rivalry going forward, there will be video footage of black and yellow confetti at TQL Stadium and them dancing in front of the away fans. Like there's there's nothing that FC Cincinnati can do to undo that footage, to undo like what they, what they, what they took from us this year. And not like, you know, there was unjustified. They came in to TQL stadium and they were the better team for all 120 of the minutes last night. Well, our players yeah. got to do that to Red Bulls fans like four times in one game. <laughs> so, <laughs> I will say, I will say, if you're looking at the cosmic scales of this of this rivalry, it is in my mind virtually impossible to wipe out the work and effort that GB Fall did in 2017. Just it's, because here's the thing, though, no, but that, that game didn't matter to them. That game did like did, a they tore down the fucking banner, man. Yeah, they, the crew fans tore down the Jimmy said this regards banner. They would have torn down. If we did something like that at Crew Stadium, if we did something like that at Crew Stadium, they would people would oh, be yeah. would be calling for mass arrests of our fan base. Yes, right. Like we would have people would be like, you know, FC Cincinnati shouldn't be able to have fans at their games anymore because you know that's right. how right. that's kind of like how we're 
yes. we're treated. But since the crew fans are such special little babies, um, we get to like <laughs> pretend that they did this like save the crew thing. Right. And um <laughs> Which we, we can have talk to about. like just just let them do whatever they want because you know they're such fragile little darlings. Yeah. No, but I, I, I just go back to that open cup game because the situation is unreplicable. They cannot get us in the opposite direction. We can win an Eastern Conference final in Columbus. Hell, we might do it next year. Like that feels plausible at this moment in time. We, we will have, because we'll we'll have, we'll be hosting that game again. Sure. Sure. And I also like we're to not think gonna we, win it because we're never going to beat Wilfred Nancy. It's just never going to happen. I mean he keeps we did this, this up. year. He's not I mean we beat him I, in TQL I guarantee Stadium. you that didn't happen. I get <laughs> like in hindsight looking back, I I challenge you to find footage that that happened because all he does is fucking score goals on FC Cincinnati. That's it. The man is purpose built. He if if Wilford Nancy could play nothing but Pat Noonan coach teams for the rest of his career, he would retire the all-time wins leader in MLS and win 30 coach of the year awards. <laughs> He's never he I guess I don't know if this is true, but I'll say it. Um, he's never he's never won a game with Matt Miazga on the field. Ooh, which I, yeah, I, I, I haven't gone back to check when we played Montreal last year. So that I, feels. But I assume I assume I, Miazga I wasn't mean, on the team. Wasn't yet. there a I, moment? I assume, I assume that he was banned from entering yeah, the country from various, various medical decisions <laughs> that he's made. I don't remember where we were legally, but yeah, I feel like he wasn't allowed to play some of those. <laughs> I uh, just yeah it it's it sucks like that game leaving that game was the first time in like my entire sports watching life that like I didn't cry but like I could feel it like I, I it was there it was, it was, it was just, in the background it was dead it was dead I was dead walking <laughs> out you know what else sucks about this too like well this is the part that's the sad part of the podcast and we'll get more forward looking I hope at some point eh. so bear with us on this maybe not I don't know fucking I had this realization last night that this was probably the best and possibly only chance in my lifetime I'm going to get to watch a team I root for play a championship game in person mm. because the reds are never going to make it to the world series again the economics are so against them on that they're a small market team i guarantee you i would bet a lot of money on the reds never winning or even playing for a world series in my lifetime the buccaneers may go to the super bowl i can't afford to go to the super bowl i can't shell out ten thousand dollars eight thousand dollars for tickets to a game um, you know, NIL era basketball. I love Xavier. Xavier's never playing for a title in the NIL era. Their alumni base is too small. They don't spend enough money on players. This was the best chance I think I'm going to get to actually watch a championship game in person with a team I give a shit about. Mm. That blows. <laughs> I mean, what sucks is just to pile it on. We were real close twice this year of getting to see a final at home and in both times in virtually the same point in the game that opportunity began to unravel for us so up to no up two to goal nil. leads 
It was the 75th minute as well, uh, by the way, against the New York Red Bulls when that first goal came in 2017. It was the 68th minute against Miami earlier this year. So it's it is crazy <laughs> that this team's been in three semifinals, <laughs> and in all three semifinals, they were up to zero, and in all three semifinals. Those games ended 2-2 at 90, and we lost all three of those games. It's yes. like, statistically, hard and I believe to do. It, hold on. And I believe in all three of those games, uh, we conceded the third goal in extra time. There's one of them that we... Miami we got scored, one back. We got yes. one back when Kubo scored against Miami, yeah. but... Uh, yeah. Well, you had to have conceded the third goal in extra time. Well, I mean, it didn't go to penalties or anything like that. It's not like we lost right. on penalties too. Too. It's like Miami, we always con- right. Yeah, Miami went we, to we, penalties. Yeah. We always concede the goal in extra time. We never see extra time out. If we're playing extra time, a goal's getting scored on us. That's just how <sighs> it works. Yeah. I don't uh, know, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's I just, just... I don't even know where to take the conversation, right? Like, I so, just want to keep asking, like, so how sad are you? <laughs> no. All right. So to my one point, let me ask this. Where are we on the idea that Pat Noonan is not a big game manager right now? I mean... Not saying he never, not saying he never will be, but at this point in his managerial career... Pat Noonan is not a big game manager. So I, I look at it this way, and then Grace, I'll give you the opportunity here. I think about what it took in both. I'm I'm looking at specifically the Miami semifinal and the crew semifinal. If you want to say like we struggled to clench the shield down the stretch, that's fine. I, I'm also I can, talking about Nashville and Leagues Cup too. We were at home one-one, uh, and we couldn't put it across, we couldn't. Put a goal across the net. Yeah. yeah. So I would say in that case, I'm happy to blame a a rotated goalkeeper and a quasi-rotated squad in that situation. I don't remember the squad off the top of my head, but I'm I'm willing to rotate or say that there was rotation there. But with Miami, and if this gets me a punishment, so be it. I'll I'll serve out whatever punishment need be. It took airdropping Leo Messi into the Open Cup to force extra time and force penalties against us without him we win that game that's fine and the lead up to the crew it took a flu bug that seemed to have finally broken thursday for this team matt niazga getting a screw job and being suspended it took obi dealing with an intense uh muscle deep tissue injury that he picked up fighting a war against the New York Red Bulls. And with all of that, it was barely scratching the surface to get to this point. And I will say, Rode, what is still in my mind, a 30% Gerard Nijkamp roster to these moments. He's in his second year of coaching. I mean... Orlando had a good team. Orlando had a good season. Oscar Perea has been to the MLS playoffs, I think, nine or ten years. Never made an MLS Cup. That's that's when you got a problem. Year so, two, I'm not I'm not willing to put that stigma on him. So he didn't have Yerson against Miami either. Mm. Um, 
So, and I thought that really what killed them in both of these games, the Miami game and the um, whatever happened last night, <laughs> um, was was just squad depth. Yeah. And part of that, especially this week, was tested by, you know, players, players being sick. Um, uh, Miazga getting, uh, you know, railroaded and uh, Obi not being available, which you said. But like. It is hard to. It is it is hard to win a semifinal game with what two of your top three highest paid players on your MLS team being functionally unavailable. Um, and, you know, maybe even we win this game if Hagland is playing center back, right? Because yeah. then Powell can come in as a center back sub as needed. Yeah. You know, like there's, there's so many more options that they, that Noonan would have had available to him with a um, full, full-size squad um but if also the, if the kenneth vermeer buyout of 800 grand was a dax mccarty-esque mls veteran in the midfield to bring in that changes the game like like there's so much that goes into this so well i don't i don't know because if that if that buyout didn't hit the cap then it doesn't really matter does it i don't i have no idea um, how any of this works unless it's like ownerships uh uh, willingness to spend, but I'm not calling into question. I'm just right, right, whatever. Right, right. We don't need to digress down a <laughs> roster rules situation. But um, but Noonan's what four and four in what you would classify as big games. Red Bull last year, Philly last year, lost so to Philly last one. year. It's one and one last year, and then lost this year. I would say lost to Nashville, so that's one and two. Lost to Miami, that's one and three. Beat Red Lost Bull twice. Less, beat Red Bull twice, so that's three beat and Philly. three. Beat Philly. Four yeah. and four. Four and four. Um, and, you know, his his losses, at least two of his three losses this year, I think you could you can make pretty pretty serious and significant um mitigating arguments for the Nashville one is is the bad one. You know, I wouldn't even view like the Philly lost last year as a bad one. No, um, Philly was a much better team than we were last year, and they beat us one nothing on a, you know, yeah. one of those one of those ping pong, yeah, around the box goals. Um, but you know, just they had to go to the to the they had to use you know basically their entire entire defensive and, and midfield depth. Um against Columbus and didn't really have it. And then they didn't get enough from there. And maybe you could put this, maybe you could put this on Noonan. Um, but you know, when I see, when I see Christian Ramirez come in the game yesterday and they, they play him up top next to Cucho, I'm thinking like, Shit. this is, this is, <laughs> this is dangerous, right? Like, yeah. like Christian Ramirez, I think also scored the winning goal against Orlando. Yeah. Um, I think he's, I think, so I think he's had, he has a few uh, goals this playoffs. 
Oh, the um, the storyline out of this is Gressel and Ramirez uh, changed the game radically for Columbus in the previous few games. Why on earth aren't they starting after this game? It's there is no question they have to be starting the final. So so yeah, you have like they're bringing Julian Gressel. Julian off Gressel the bench. would be they're bringing a, Christian Ramirez off the bench. Gressel's and the starter. Just, the rest of the teams in this league. I just don't, I don't, was Julian, was, was Gressel an all-star this year for Vancouver? It's possible. Feels um, like it. Seems I, true. I just yeah. don't, I just don't get that same, like when we bring in like Don Baji and Sergio Santos as subs, I don't get the same feeling I got when I see Christian Ramirez standing on the sideline. And we got yeah. one point, I don't know, we got more than, <laughs> more than, you know, I, I forget what they're on, but they want to say like probably like 1.3, 1.4 million dollars combined wrapped yeah. up in Santos and Baji. Um, Ramirez is a $400,000 salary player. Not to mention Santos's acquisition fee, which I think is hovering around a million bucks. Yeah. So like, we, those need to be players at that dollar value. And if you want to be a top team, those need to be players that are coming in and dangerous. Right. And that hasn't, that just hasn't been true consistently with the team. And I don't know, I don't know that I can, I don't know that I can put that on Noonan either. Um, unless there's some way we can, articulate how he's not deploying either of them optimally. So you don't put any blame on Noonan for the fact that this team twice this year blew two goal leads. I mean, at some point, so, it's like, I get it that like, yeah, I would much rather have Julian Gressel coming off the bench, but I don't care who's playing for you. You got to see a two goal lead out in a big time game like this. Like that's got to be that's spitting the bit like you yeah. good teams don't blow leads like that in big games. It's you just don't. I wasn't, get- I wasn't a fan of his substitutions, the timing or necessarily particular choices. Yeah. Um, his hands were tied a little bit with that. Um, but he did feel a little, it did seem like maybe he was a little paralyzed. Um, and what, and didn't make decisions quicker. Um, like if Obi, Obi didn't look great. No, he did you know? not. But if Obi, if he thought Obi could play, you know, maybe, maybe he, maybe he did it as soon as he, as soon as he felt comfortable. Um, I didn't think Kubo, yeah, unless Kubo had something going on with him that he couldn't continue. I don't think Kubo coming out was what I. It's not what I would have done. I would have brought Obi in for Moreno. Mm-hmm. Um. Or Lucho, maybe. Yeah, or Lucho. I mean, Lucho looked really sore in that game as well. And once you choose not, to, and like you could have taken him out during in in regulation. I know he wouldn't necessarily love that, and it it's a move that better pan out. But you know, if you get another, you get like a Malik Pinto in there who's been effective defensively, or maybe that was the time to to put Angulo in. For for Lucho, 
Right. Lock it down. Um, yeah. And then uh, I felt like on the, on the flip side, again, I don't know if this was like a physical or health thing. I didn't know if that was the right time to bring to put Gaddis in for Arias. I thought Arias had been pretty, yeah, pretty effective. He was doing fine. It was so funny. I had done the same thing. I, I had just talked to my buddy next to me about Arias has looked incredible. He shut down every attack on that side, and that's right when he got subbed out. So, well, fuck me. I was not paying attention to that move, but why on earth would you be doing that right now? No, I'm, sympath- yeah, yeah. I'm sympathetic to the idea that Noonan is constrained to a certain extent by his roster, and... I don't think that absolves him. I think that like in these moments, the narrative to me now is that, you know, he needs to be better. The team needs to be better prepared for a lot of these scenarios. Like, I don't know what they prepare for or how they train, but this team could stand maybe a few more practices on how to kill a game off, how to be a little more cynical with what they're doing, a little more effective in time wasting. Like, I don't think they did. They engage any time wasting in this game up two goals. They looked like they were pressing for a third, which it turned out they would have needed. But I, I think they could have done a better job employing some of the cynicism that's been used against us effectively in order to see the game out. Did it feel yeah. like to you guys that Chapman was a little too aggressive with like hurrying things along way early in the game? He, he like did. It, it felt, yeah, it felt like like Roman doesn't like the balls like a, a shot's gone wide. Roman doesn't even have the ball yet for the goal kick. And he's already like you know, blowing his whistle and yelling at him to, to hurry up. Um, I don't, I don't, so I, it, it may have been difficult given that even before, like way earlier than you normally see it, you know, uh, the ref, the ref was, was that? I said, I was gonna say, you know, if there was a way an official could influence a match where there wouldn't be a review <laughs> for a bad call or, accusations that the whistle was a little heavy starting the games faster making sure that you can't work a lead like that and work the clock like that that's an interesting way to that would be an interesting way to try and influence the match a little bit yeah um, and the fa- the fouls were were way out of balance but um it's it's hard to we were defending so much like yeah, it was they yeah. had so much of the ball in this the, game the stats certainly bore that out but watching the game nothing felt egregious right like it all it all made right. sense as it were yeah but or it was like like kind of just like normal levels of frustration with calls right right i think that the the point the overall that you guys are making and i think it's accurate is it it's interesting too so objectively, this was a, a very good team this year, and they played very well. But there is a difference, I think, between having a roster that is regular season good and a roster that is championship good. And to some of that, it's to, to Grayson's point. It's that you look down the bench for FC Cincinnati in this game, and it is a lot of serviceable players but there is no one on the bench that is capable of changing a game. They just didn't have anyone there. You're talking about a combination of older players like Ray Gaddis, um, serviceable league hands like Alvis Powell, and a lot of very young players like Marco Angulo, Malik Pinto, 
um, Brett Halsey, uh, guys where you are hoping that those players will develop into something better. But right now, Marco Angulo is a below average MLS player. Malik Pinto is a below average MLS player. Brett Halsey is a below average MLS player. And then up top, it's been two signings where I think Dom Baji is an effective thing mm-hmm. to have. He can spot start if needed, but he's not going to come in and immediately be threatening. I think the Santos experiment has been a failure. Um, that dream you had of a player coming in and using his speed as a weapon to gash opposing teams late in games on tired legs, it just has never materialized. And I think part of that is the fact that there are five subs now, and it's it's exponentially harder to get a team that is fatigued like you would see back in the day when you only had three subs and you always held one for injury reasons or whatever, and you could run at guys with a little bit of pace. So I, I think the takeaway is twofold for me on this. It's that we are we're fortunate that Albright and Noonan are here. We're fortunate that they're on long deals, I think. But the offseason has to be a little bit of soul searching for Pat Noonan on I need to get better at managing teams in these big moments. And the offseason needs to be a little bit of soul searching for Chris Albright, too, is that he has a tremendous amount of work to do with the actual starting 11 on this team with a lot of players that probably aren't going to be here next year. But if this team wants to win a championship, the the bench players simply need to be more dynamic than they are because there is just not a lot of dynamism on the bench. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I do think that um, ultimately, and I, 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 I think it's premature for, um, you know, like, I think it's premature to 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 tar Noonan with any kind of reputation or label of a big time coach or not big time coach or big game coach. Um, but uh, I think it's premature too. I'm just saying that the narrative yeah. is starting to to form at this. Well, point. this is I mean, he's this also is, only in his second how, year, right? But I get I get your point as well, though that it's like this is how that th- these are steps, right? That would occur on the way to that narrative narrative forming down the line. If he yes. was that coach, right. would it look any different up to this point? No. Right. Yeah. If if he was like you know Eagles Andy Reid, right. You know, right. It would look basically you know like this. Um. And I'm not here. If I may, he, let me let me put if I can try to tip his win loss to the positive for one i will argue that the chivas game in leagues cup was virtually a must win given the result of the skc game the three game group essentially meant that a win was the only way getting out of that group and they passed that test with flying colors against on paper an incredibly formidable opponent with a much higher wage bill than us so if I if I could try to <laughs> massage the numbers here, I, I so might say the, he's five and four. <laughs> in, the, in the interest of leaving Pat on the positive side of the ledger, <laughs> we will not point out that he has a losing record at hell, in Hell is Real matches. Nope, but there's no need to single that out. <laughs> As I've said, it's not really a rivalry. It's not a rivalry but, because we uh, never fucking win. Yeah. So, but I do. I think you know this is and. 
unfortunately, when this is not going to be fair, right? But all of this, all of this lands at the feet of Chris Albright. Yeah. Which it's not fair in the sense that he's done an incredible job so far, but it is fair in the sense that, you know, he's the guy. Right. And, um, you know, if, if he doesn't have resources to improve the team or to replace players that were leaving, um, and part of that reason is that he devoted a bunch of a bunch of resources to trading for Sergio Santos and paying Sergio Santos's um, salary. Like it's not it's not great. Um, if we have a you know weak bench because we don't have any money and we you know aren't finding uh, cheap players who turn out to be diamonds in the rough, like some of the guys that the crew played last night, like Mo Farsi, Mm -hmm. for example, uh, was signed out of the Canadian Premier League to Crew 2, and he's going to be starting MLS Cup Final next week. Um, You know, if it's because we don't have a big enough uh, staff, you know, that he needs to, like, he needs to, to, to lobby for that. Right. Like if you go to the, the, the cruise website. Which I don't they, want to. I'm they seem to have like, they look you look at like their um, their front office staff and it just feels like they have a much bigger like technical staff like under the under the GM than than we do. Mm-hmm. You know, they got like a VP. They got a assistant general manager an assistant general manager who's also the crew two general manager director of scouting a te- and a technical director and a soccer systems analyst. And um, you go down to crew two and crew two has a whole, you know, additional um, staff that looks like, you know, to be significantly bigger than what we have for FCC two. Yeah. And obviously FCC two, we're not finding, you know, hardly anybody. Well, we're picking up <laughs> handfuls of Ghanaian players that don't seem to be very good. I don't know if somebody watches those games closer than me would like to push back on that, but 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 I guess I guess my my point is that like you know Tim Bespachenko has shown at two different stops and over a long career that he can build sustained top level success. I think that we have the personnel who are capable of it, but they need to show that they can do it. And that's not just, and that's not going to be limited to ownership is willing to spend for, you know, the top difference makers that we need. It's also going to include finding bargains, you know, pulling Jacob Glessness out of Norway. Yeah. Right? Like Right. This stuff It's a salary cap league. You've got to Yeah. You have to find guys. This was this was the huge problem, one of the many huge problems under Night Camp was just this team struggled to find guys who way outperformed their wage bill. And you need to get guys like that. And unfortunately, it seems with Albright, he's 
there have been some there there have not been a lot of huge hits at the bottom of the roster in terms of low wage players. He's brought in very good talent, I think, like Junior Moreno. But Junior Moreno is being well paid. Junior yeah. Moreno is not a cheap type of talent. Cost a um, bit to acquire he, too. Yeah, yeah, and he was a proven yeah. um, MLS veteran player. MLS Alvis yeah. Powell, that time. Alvis Powell, same way. But he's Alvis Powell is being paid decently. Um, but if you look back at the bargains on this team who performed, yes, right, we got. Ian Murphy. I was to say it's the draft picks, right? Um, and Roman <laughs> yeah. Celentano. Yeah. Right. The two draft picks. But the other players who I would say were at least at the beginning of Albright's tenure on budget deals that were difference makers are Gerard Nykamp players. It's Alvaro Barreal. Yeah. It's Brandon Vasquez. Yep. Um, it's Nick Hagland, you yeah. know, to yeah. be honest. Um, so, and to an extent, Lucho, although the impact of the budget is irrelevant, but yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't mention Lucho, yeah, yeah. um, for, but, uh, I think obvious reasons, but, but all of those guys also got pay raises under Albright. So <laughs> it right. changes and things. Like, and like, there's just, and I don't want to dog the guy because I think I he's don't think going we're to, dogging him. No, no I really don't. not not this guy specifically. It's um not Albright. I don't want to dog the player, but mm. they brought in Marco Angulo on the U twenty two spot, and there's a lot going on with Angulo. He's young. It's his first year in the country. We said around this time last year because I think they acquired him in December of last year. I want to say it um, was yeah, it was around this time. Mm-hmm. Maybe as early as November, but yeah. You know, we said around this time last year that, hey, you have got to be patient in his first year. It's a developmental year. But if you were hoping that he would proceed faster and offer this team more, there were moments where I thought Angulo played well this year. But on the whole, he really never seriously challenged Junior Moreno for playing time, I don't think, outside of a few bright spots here and there. And by the end of the year, if you were hoping, oh, he would be a major contributor to this team he wasn't he was largely absent as the lights got brighter and the games got bigger um similar with Malik Pinto he's a young player i think he has a chance to be pretty good and nothing just he was not mm-hmm. present when this team needed players um it's similar he had a big i think he had a big game at Nashville early in the season um, yeah, he did. Where he, he did. had to like kind of spot start uh, that game, but yeah, I mean, I, I I will I don't I would not I don't think it's fair to compare like the position Pinto's in to the position Angulo's in. Angulo's no, in, yeah, like, right. very different, U, very different kinds of signings. Yeah, he's using a U twenty two spot. Like that's right. a spot that like you need to. Get and the only out. one we have, right? Because again, this team built to win this year when they signed Aaron Bapenza. Um, your mileage may vary now in hindsight as to whether or not that signing, it turns out, paid off. I mean, he undoubtedly and unquestionably helped push this team across the finish line for Supporters Shield. But if the goal was to win MLS Cup this year and sacrifice the U22 spot to do it, um, it's hard to say that that was a, a successful mission accomplished on him. And he had a good yeah, playoff, though. He did. He had a good. He had a good, no, he had a good no. playoffs. That's a no. team. It's a team. It's a 
I think it, it's I don't think it's a failure on him. You could say it's a failure on, you know, the making this a, bet. This bet didn't pan out. Yes, on, on a, at a team result level. But he personally, I thought he had a good playoffs. He performed well. But the idea of acquiring a DP, sacrificing a U twenty two spot to win a win now with this roster, didn't really pan out. Um, Isaiah Foster, I think he's Oof. on the team and he's doing absolutely nothing. He's he's one of the you know a messes. young player. Yeah. Brett Halsey, he had flashes, but he disappeared down the stretch because I'm assuming that he's in training and in performance. The judgment was he's not good enough to play right now in this to, in, to get rotational minutes in these games. That the the back end of the roster is not championship caliber. And I think we saw that the difference last night between a roster that is championship caliber and a roster that is good enough to grind day in and day out to grind out enough wins and grind out enough points to win a, a supporter shield. And to the point that gets brought up a lot on here about, you know, doing this with night camps guys, as best I can tell, I think after this year, assuming Kubo is out of contract, which, you know, <laughs> perpetual option. Via Instagram. We'll didn't didn't quite look that way. <laughs> yeah, so I... Um... His, his Instagram post, it said his career. It was about his career. Like, I don't think he was specifically referring to FC Cincinnati there. Uh, I hope. Okay, okay. I don't know. But, like, the point remains, though, that the excuse of this is Nightcamp's roster is, is kind of gone. Like, there, Yuya will be the last big money holdover from that era. All the rest of the players on this team now are either guys that Albright signed or guys that Albright has extended and decided that he wants to keep right. in Cincinnati. So he it he needs to get better this offseason. And all of this, incidentally, is still without Grayson taking a victory lap on the point he's been making since the first postcast of the year. Yeah. And that's at this team. They play three at the back and they had four starting. They had four center backs all year and they were just playing with fire. They were playing with fire by not going out and getting more center back depth. And you get to this point in the season. Haglin breaks his leg. Miazga gets suspended. This was an utterly foreseeable situation. It wouldn't be like you can set aside why Miazga was suspended. It could have been on yellow card accumulation for this game. It doesn't matter like what the reason was. He could have had the flu and been out for this game. The fact remains is that they they play three at the back. They only had four center backs. They were just playing with fire all year doing that. It finally bit him in this game. And that's an Albright. That is 100% on him in the way he constructed the roster this year. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I think we're. I like to think we're pretty far beyond, you know, when you could reasonably say it was you know, quote unquote, night camps uh, roster or even a significant portion of his roster. But, um, you know, with Kubo, like I went back today because I was trying to make a list of everybody who well, I, I was trying to track down like literally every player's contract expiration <laughs> date. And, um, you know, the the Kubo, the Kubo signing announcement that the team put out didn't have a length of the contract. It didn't say how many years it was for. It didn't say how many option years there were. 
Did and it say long term? <laughs> and that's basically always included. I mean, the, the, that was a different time. Yeah. Certainly 2020, you know, the team maybe was writing these releases a little differently. But it just jumped out to me that it really is forever. He could really have a perpetual option on this team <laughs> because but but we, we we know that I guess we don't know to be honest because remember last year they listed him as a player with an option yep and then did not list him as a player whose option was picked up uh-huh and he was still and he was on the team <laughs> at 2023 we saw him start the game last night <laughs> it really is like the milton from office space of players where he just keeps showing up for work every day and you know i'm i'm happy to see him he had a hell of a game he's I'm happy good. to see him every time every time he's on the field and you know the the fans love him he's clearly a he's clearly a fan favorite yes uh, he gets he got a cheer when his name was announced in the lineup and he got a big cheer um, mm, I have a point about that when later. he left when Not he left the game now. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I guess we'll find out in the coming days because I think roster decisions were due um, today. Yeah, I do. I do know this about Kubo. It, even if his contract is up and there's no option on it, um, he would have he was not he's not free agency eligible. Which is insane and very stupid, but yeah. Right. But, you need, but the, the short answer is, for, the reason for that is, you need to have five years in the league, yeah. and he has four. Yeah. That's just absurd. So, like, you could yeah. have a 20-plus year international career. You come to MLS, I'm sorry, you're not a free agent. You haven't worked here long enough. And Dude, it's like... Moreno wasn't a free agent when we... That's how we got um, him. Yeah. And he, even though he was completely out of contract. Yeah. Um, because DC had made him a... Uh, a bona fide offer so they retained his rights and could keep him from from going anywhere <laughs> we we buy his rights and otherwise what you end but up he's in, a free agent now you end up Marina. in the re-entry drafts right that's what happens to these guys who aren't offered but aren't free agents yeah this league um, i love it the point about the player intro just very briefly i don't know if you guys noticed this first time since he won the starting job, Brandon Vasquez did not get final billing on the lineup. Well, I the, knew that was going to happen because they were going to announce the 2023 MVP. MLS MVP Luciano Acosta. So, yeah, they move him. I wonder if going forward, let's assume Vasquez is on match day one starting lineup or CCC starting lineup. I wonder if if Lucho has finally won the uh, the top billing, so to I speak. I think it was, my prediction is that it was a one-time mm. thing that, because um, I maybe they would do it at the MLS Cup final as well had we made it, but I think next year they probably just revert to... Uh, go back to the order. Go back right. to the regular order. I always assume they did it because it was like you got... A nice big pop with Brandon Vasquez. He was a fan. He was a fan favorite, even though Bupenza and before him Brenner were like the DP strikers and should be getting top billing in this case. Um, yeah, oh, Kubo, that was fun. Yeah, the, the it was it, it did have a very um, introducing the uh, the king and king's landing kind of. There were many titles that were revealed 
<laughs> read prior. First yeah. of his name, lead goal, uh, winning of goal, best goal scorer, slayer of the four dragons of Targaryen. <laughs> we really could come up with it with the uh, the goal of the year, the MVP, the MLS All Star, the MLS Best Eleven, soon to be newly minted American citizen. Let's let's see it. Um. So yeah, I guess. Here, here's a question for you guys, because obviously the game sucked and everything sucked there. Uh, you don't know the worst part of this loss is that I spent an hour and a half of my life listening to the massive report. And Why? That was for that was a mistake. Absolutely nothing. That? That's a sicko. That's a sicko move. <laughs> that is a sicko move. I will not be making that mistake again. Let me tell you, that was awful. Um, no. Uh, I guess, Chief, where uh, next season we have the CONCACAF Champions Cup, we got Leagues Cup, we have MLS, we have Open Cup. Where, how how excited are you at looking at the offseason moves? Preseason starts in six weeks. Like, the wound is fresh, don't get me wrong. But at, at this point in time, what part of you is like, let's move over, turn the page. What do the moves look like? Let me let me get deep into roster finance rules again. It's gonna take a couple of weeks, yeah. I think. I, I I need I need some time to process and just I need it to go away for a little bit. I've already got the crosstown shootout next week, and I just don't know that I want to go to that either. <sighs> Chief, um, I was thinking about I that. A, one, of, one of us, me and you, it's gonna have a pretty miserable two-week stretch here. <laughs> right. I might have an extra ticket if you want to go. You just have to be anonymous I, and not don't know if I want to go. <laughs> I don't know that I want to go either. Um, I took a break from sports today. I didn't watch a down of football yeah. all day. I was just like, I don't have it in me. Um, I went to the zoo. I went to the Festival of Lights. I hadn't <sighs> touched a drop of alcohol today. It's like, nice. I'm just, I don't know. You know what's f- funny about that question that you asked? Yeah. Is that like, I am now at a point with FC Cincinnati where... I love this team. I love the culture around this team. I love the fan base around this team. I love the experience. I love all this. I love all you. Um, I love all 12 of our listeners. Mm, But in terms of 11, (laughs) only two of them are listening to this this piece of shit. Um, I'm now at a point with the team where it's it's kind of a put up or shut up. You got to win a cup, man. You got to put a star on the badge. I'm not interested in the shield i'm not interested in the open cup i'm not interested in the league's cup i'm not interested in concacaf champions league um i don't care win a win a win a fucking trophy put a star on the badge they didn't do it in usl we had to have this debate about oh they won the regular season award come back we've got more winning to do fucking win a trophy like win a cup like that's what matters in this country that's what matters in this league is it's mls cup you can bitch and complain about how this isn't the case anywhere else in the world. You can bitch and complain that playoffs are stupid and nothing should be determined by a single elimination game where you may have half your roster coming down with some sort of an unknown respiratory ailment <laughs> um, after having a group dinner together with one another. Um, and they might not be fit. This team, this team looked like a team recovering from the flu sure in like the 75th minute. Sure did. Yeah, it sucks that that's what this all your your season 
comes down to what is the state of your team on this one random day in December. But that's sports in America. When? I don't want to hear excuses about it. When? And I don't care about any of that other shit. I don't care about it. This team needs to put a star on the badge. If that makes me a bad fan and that makes me bad at soccer, I don't care. That's just where I'm at right now as we sit here recording this the day after. I uh, I will forever die on the hill that the Supporters' Shield is the better trophy, even if we win MLS Cup next year. No, no, and- see, here's the problem. Is you say that right now, and now for the first time, I understand how horridly coped that sounds. That we, I- just, we just got the shit beat out of us in MLS Cup by our rivals who danced on our graves. It's like, well, actually, the Supporters' Shield is a better measure of greatness than... No. Look, it doesn't work today. If it you doesn't wanna, work. If you want to measure our greatness compared to Columbus Crew as of December 2nd, sure, we failed that test. Who was the better team in 2023? We were. And I can point to 30 some odd games to prove that point. It just feels feels worse because it happened last. Yeah. It's it's all it is. Is this is, you know, how how the season has to end yeah you know and it just it don't, sucks I, don't, I mean i hate it to go i do want to win yeah. mls cup obviously <laughs> yeah, right. i also want to win i also want to win open cup i also want to win champions league you know like ma- mainly because we haven't like these are the things we haven't won yeah yet which sounds like insane that we're like Oh, these we need to get all the stuff that we haven't won yet because we've like won so little. One. We've won one. We've won one of these one things. Thing. We've hey, won one, one thing. thing. But and hey, I would tr- and let's I would not try to win it. it. <laughs> no, I would trade it this second to be playing an MLS Cup and hosting MLS Cup next week. <sighs> I would not. I and would I would not. trade. I would rather. I would rather win MLS Cup than win all win a quad next year in those other trophies because oh. none of those other trophies put a fucking star on the badge. It doesn't get your name up there on the MLS champions. That's all I care about now. That's where we need to go with this. That's that's the brass ring. I say and that's they lord that over us forever if we don't. They're win MLS that. Cup champions. Yeah, MLS champions was us. Yeah, we won. We yeah. won the league. We have the league league winners. See, here's the problem is MLS Cup is not born out of Americanism, which sure, to some tiny extent, the fact that we do it is. But it's from the fact that the league started with 10 teams and had fewer than 16 teams for the overwhelming majority of its history that you you essentially had to do that with the geography and the unbalanced schedules that was kind of sort of the only way to do a league champion like yeah in 2008 the supporter shield doesn't matter as much as mls cup champion when there's 30 teams in the league and everybody can play each other that's it like that's that's the deciding factor so it never will be. It's America. America is I, the land of the single elimination tournament. That's how we decide everything in sports in this country. I don't care about the balanced schedule. I don't either. At all. You know, because the obviously the MLS playoffs are even least less balanced than because um, right. not only do not play everybody, but you don't even like play every like NYCFC, when they won MLS Cup, they didn't even play Philly. 
They right. played whoever Philly could sign up to to show up for them <laughs> right. uh, with when like their team got COVID. Right. You know, um, and you don't win the supporter shield, you know, because Philly misses a game because of COVID one week. Right. Um, but also, like. It's a it's a league with parity. It's a salary cap. Every team is basically the same. Right. Like you don't need to play like both you don't need to play like all of Orlando, Philly and New York Red Bulls you know to like have a balanced schedule. Like you like there's like four different kinds of teams in Major League Soccer. Everybody plays examples of all four of those. Right. <laughs> so you're the possession team, you're the pressing team, you're the superstar DP team, or you're the shit team. And those are the those are what you are, what you got. You spent your the spent yeah. your money on bad players team. <laughs> right. The spent your money on good players team. <laughs> the, the spent the, your money on young players team. The right. spent your money on old players team. It's just yeah, it's that's basically that's a much better <laughs> breakdown right there. Yeah. So yeah. Um Yeah. I just uh, it's just, I'm, I don't, don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. It's it just, sucks. It sucks. Yeah, it yeah, sucks. It sucks. No, it sucks. Yeah, it always sucks to lose. It, it sucks to lose. And it's also, I, I have this very weird cognitive dissonance about celebrating any season that ends in a loss. Hmm. And like, we were talking about that on the, I think it was the Pride Discord, maybe, about <laughs> do you put a banner up or, I know you don't do banners outdoors, but like, do you put like some sort of a acknowledgement in the stadium on an edifice? Supporters Shield winners 2023. 100%. Philly's got it. 100%. Everybody puts okay. the Porter Shield up. It feels really weird that you're going to have a banner raising or an unveiling ceremony to celebrate a year where you walked off the field in defeat. That just feels so, so, so weird. Philly if, did it in a year where they didn't even play a full season. Because their, 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 their shield is 2020. When the supporters almost didn't even right didn't even Famously. give it out, they tried not to. No, it's I I view it this way. College basketball is probably the best example of this. You win your conference, that's a banner. You don't win the national title. All right, well, sure, you're a loser, but you won the Big East. That's a that's an accomplishment. Not all I actually of the think teams. It's a little, I think it's a little lame when teams put up like Elite Eight. Oh. <laughs> Final four <laughs> banners. Um, conference championship, was... you know, maybe list. I get, I get listing your conference championships. Like those are. Yeah. Otherwise, why are you in a conference? Right. Just no, you're, you're, in a con- you're in a conference to get an automatic bid to the NCAA tournament. That's the only reason. <laughs> For winning no... the titles. <laughs> <Right>. Yes. <laughs> no, I thought it was dumb when Xavier put the NIT banner up too. I've come around to the idea of. Um, there should be something in the stadium to cor- to celebrate Supporters Shield winning 2023, but I don't think they should do it until they win MLS Cup, and then add that in. Like it's li- it would be lame, I think, just to have a wall for accolades, and the only thing up there is one Supporters Shield 2023. I don't think you can start that until your first one is MLS Cup champions or so champions think, MLS. So you think you should treat it? Like it's the third K on the strikeout wall. Yes, absolutely. At Great American Ballpark. Yes. You don't put. We get, you don't put get it that up four, until you get strikeout. the four. <laughs> fourth strikeout. You have to get the fourth strikeout to put the K up. We don't want anyone taking a photo. And 
thinking, oh, my God, they support white supremacy at this baseball game. And it's in no way the symbol for a strikeout. Like, who the fuck would confuse that? I feel like 90 percent of our audience. What is that? Nine people, 10 people. Uh would not know how to score a baseball game. So. It's sad. It represents a declining American education system. As well. I had to score a baseball game in sixth grade math class. That was a project we did. We went down to the Reds game and you had to score the game and turn it in. I remember one year we to teach like statistics. Our math, it was like fifth grade. I don't know. Something, something stupid. But to teach like basic statistics, we did like a like a baseball game where like everybody got like brought like cards, like baseball cards in and you built like a nine man, like roster and you ran like probabilities, right. Based on like what the numbers were for that season. And there was a player I found in my, in my card collection named, um, I want to say his name was like Jamie Cork. And he had a season where he had one at bat. And he hit a home run. <laughs> <laughs> so OPS like, of four thousand for that. So once, once every, once every nine guys of mine home run. just got a free home run. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I bet there is. Yeah, uh, Chief, as you said, yeah, there's got to be was, a list. <laughs> there was a. Uh, there was. I forget which year it was for the Super Nintendo, but they did like an NBA Live game one year mm. where. They used to base the stats, I think, like how good players were, was based on their stats from the previous year. I don't think that they were as sophisticated about player rankings as they used to. And there was one dude who I think was on the bullets who had broken his leg the year before. But before breaking his leg, he was three of four from three point range. (laughs) So in the game, this otherwise scrub was just an automatic make from three if you brought him up and put him on your active on your starting rotation because the game didn't realize the only reason he had such a great shooting percentage was because he'd only played one game. Oh my god, I love Jamie that. Jamie Quirk was the guy. Quirk. Quirk. Damn. That's a good pull. Um so yeah. Uh so yeah, speak- no, I I just, I would I would um I would wait. And then you reveal everything after you win it. I just having a title wall feels lame if you don't have a title. I mean, we have a title. The supporter shield is a major trophy. Damn, it's an a major award. Come on. (laughs) Um, yeah. You celebrate your successes, man. Like that's the thing. You if if we're gonna be sad about the losses, we have to be happy about the wins. And the Supporters Shield is a trophy that the vast majority of the league doesn't have. It is the only uh, trophy that Philadelphia has, uh, for example. So this is my recommendation. If anybody so knows, real, we really are just becoming Philadelphia West. But we are on a speed run, <laughs> so we did we're it gonna way win. faster. We're gonna win MLS Cup. Yeah. We've like we have. Do you, feel confident already... that, do, you, do you feel do you feel confident because I don't I just I do I think that this was our best chance to do it for the foreseeable future and then I start to get this existential crisis about they're adding a fourth DP and all this is going to do is enable the coast teams the big money teams to just buy bigger stars that we cannot lure to play in Cincinnati. We can, and then, we can get players. Philly no, can't uh, afford them. New England won't attract 
talent on turf. The New York teams are garbage, hot mess minor league teams, and Miami's yeah, entire Red Bull, though they've they've had so, they've done a couple of things. I think sure, and they'll get some. What they got like some Austrian manager who is horrible to go manage that team. So that's good. And Miami's entire roster is old and broken and won't be able to stay healthy for very long. Um, so yeah, LAFC can sign Gareth Bale and that'll be fine. I'm just, we'll, I'm we'll just saying that the, the, there is a, if you believe that this league is going to continue to grow and that money is going to continue to be spent in this league, there is a limited window where FC Cincinnati and Carl Linder can be financially competitive with some of the deep pockets in some of the better destinations out there in this league. Like the window for FC Cincinnati, where this league has the level of parity that it has right now, I think is a lot smaller than people want to realize. I, I mean, disagree. Um, I think it's, I think it's bigger than you think. I don't think that we're at the point, And I don't think that any roster rule changes that come in the next like five years are going to break things so open that it's going to be impossible for us. Um, if Albright does his job right, we're going to start seeing some players make some, you know, profits on on sales in the coming uh, future. And, you know, that's going to be revenue generating. They're going to build up all this stuff around the stadium that, you know, if that if that pans out the way they want it to, um, that's going to be revenue generating. Um, and I think, you know, I think the spend is so low right now that it's just not close to being at the point where our leadership, our ownership group is going to need to, you know, truly be like a budget team. I mean, everybody wants to spend less, right? Right. But like, I think they're well within their threshold of, you know, I want to win. So I'll spend what it takes to win. Yeah. Also losing a lot of players this year. Like, it's going to be a large roster turnover in the offseason, unfortunately. Yeah, here's the list um, of players who are with uh, confirmed, with one exception, uh, <laughs> out, of, out of contract this year. Who could that be? Um, the exception is Yuya Kubo. Oh. Because <laughs> until, until I see something concrete that yeah. says... You know, there's no options or anything. You know, I'm going to put a big asterisk on that one. Scoop of the um, century to any FCC <laughs> journalist who wants to figure out what that contract situation is. Or any FCC employee that just wants to DM us the details. That would also work. Yeah, if I really, if anybody listens to this uh, who has this information, um, I'm not, I'm not counting on that, by the way. But um, there's one of 12. I know one of you knows this. <laughs> What happened with Kubo's into what happened with Kubo, Baji, and Vermeer's contracts last year? Yeah. Why were they listed as having options, but not listed as players whose options were picked up? Did they then, automatically vest with some type of incentive? What was the incentive? What incentive could Kenneth Vermeer have possibly hit last year? Uh, unless it was just the team making the playoffs. Like FCC I, two appearances, baby. I still want that loophole. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so we got Kubo. Mascara's loans, loans up. He's not going to be back. Arias, mm. Arias is out of contract, but he has uh, an option for 24. Baji is out of contract, but he has an option for 24, unless that one also automatically vested. 
Uh, Junior Moreno is a free agent. Barreal um, has options for 24 and 25, but uh, this is his last guaranteed year. Ray Gaddis has an option for 24, but he's out of contract. Alec Can is out of contract with an option for 2024. Uh, Ordonez and Robledo are both out of contract, both with options for 24 and 25. Ian Murphy out of contract has options for 24 and 25. And uh, London Agato, which, you know, obviously didn't play, but um, he's out of contract. He's got options for 24, 25, 26. And also yeah. potentially Brandon Vasquez wanting. Well, transfer, potentially Vasquez would... getting transferred, right? I'm not right. talking about like, but we do expect. I expect that. At least, you know. There will be a player. There will be players other than these who depart the team, whether it's yeah. because they're traded or, you know, they're sold right. or they reach like a mutual termination or something. Here's yeah. a hot take. I think Mascara is a better bet to be on this team than Brandon Vasquez at the start of next year. Only because the um, of the schedule misalignment between MLS and Europe, where I could possibly see them working something out with Wolves, where he comes back until the summer transfer window and then goes somewhere in the summer in the championship or some other league and starts a year with the team as opposed to coming in directly off having no rest whatsoever for this year. I could look like an idiot tomorrow. Because maybe this <laughs> is announced tomorrow, right? But like, I don't know if I don't know if the market for Vasquez is what it was reported to be in the summer. Um, I just don't know. I mean, but I think I think he wants to go though, so, and they don't need to sell him for any amount of money. Everything is profit on Brandon Vasquez, and if they told him in the summer, "Hey, just hang on, we'll get you moved in the winter." And then they say, oh, well, the market's not what we thought it would be. We need to hold on to you a little longer. I think that would be a poor move. Right. But it's it's not like a study abroad. Like you have to. There has to be like. a. Like a <laughs> he's got to have a good contract waiting for him. Wherever right, he goes. He's got ha- to have a good contract waiting for him. He's, you know, he's on close to a million dollars here. It's, it's not. So, nothing. I mean, they've talked about how with like Jesus Ferreira how um, his MLS salary has significantly limited his options in yeah. Europe because there's only so many places he can get that kind of money. It's probably also true for Brandon Vasquez. Yeah. Walker Zimmerman um, ran into the same issue too. Yeah. And so, you know, there has to be somebody who wants Brandon Vasquez, wants to pay a, a, a salary that he is happy with yeah. and is willing to pay... I mean, they're not going to let him go for no transfer fee. They, they're going to need to get some transfer fee. So, Grayson, you'll know this. So whatever number I put out there, feel free to immediately correct. I think it's something like any number over like $900,000 gets converted to GAM with him. So you like, what convert, is that threshold? You can convert like just over... Um just over a million dollars okay uh of a transfer fee to gam and i think it has to be net transfer so, fee okay so like uh but i that i mean that number shouldn't be hard to like the number where we can get the max gam conversion right that should that shouldn't be hard to that that should be hittable it should be like right? 1.25 million dollars i think is it gets us all of the gam possible yeah, so 
you know what I, I mean i i think i think i think he's likely gone you know but it's just there's been a lot of quiet uh since the summer and some of those teams that were linked to him are no longer you know are probably no longer in yeah. in the market for a for a striker and it being mid-season mm-hmm. you know are teams looking to buy mid-season like the market for Brenner was better in the summer than it was in the winter like there was yeah. nobody even willing to like pay a fee for him in the winter you gotta hope for like a sign in loan or something like that but yeah but I don't want to <laughs> Mosquera we and Vasquez. We're, we're not going to want to loan Vasquez. We're going to want to. We're going to want to sell his contract. Right. Um, no, I mean we sell Vasquez to Hoffenheim and they loan him back for the first half sure, of next right. year. Right. Yeah. Um, um, and I think. I think. I think all the reporting out of and I would love to see. I would love to have Mosquera back for even half a season. Um. But. All the reporting out of Wolves is that they're really happy with the way that the loan went, and you know they think it may be time to test him in the in the championship. Right. I just think that the odds of that move being made, I think that there's at least some possibility that that waits till August as opposed to a midseason move when you know you're looking to make sure that wherever he loans to is somebody that actually wants to play him, and sometimes that can be difficult with players stepping up a league in the in the winter where a lot of the teams that are buying are buying for the immediacy as opposed to buying to set their roster up or set like, I don't know. A lot of the transfers in the wintertime are, we're addressing a team need and how many players are going to be interested. How many teams are going to be interested in adding a player like a Yerson Mascara who it's okay. He's stepping up in weight class. If we're addressing a team need, I don't know. That's going to be interesting. Maybe a championship team fighting off relegation, right? That would be a good, hey, we need a center back. This guy did pretty good in MLS. And Wolves get to see what he looks like under pressure. So I don't want this to go too much further. (laughs) I I think this has already gone long enough. Um, We're going to talk about the fact that the uh, (laughs) owner of the Columbus crew decided to get into the online banter this week we need to we that that let's end on this let's end on a high note wait uh, wait before we, before we move on oh please okay because this, this is a low note oh. um i was i was trying to find a headline about the game <laughs> oh no, oh, no. Oh, and no. i went on and i went on uh, a broadwayworld.com yeah. and they saw us at a low like, moment huh it seemed like the website was down oh, or something no and um all there was was like, like the 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 words uh, Lucho Manelli, and then the following uh, text. Uh, maybe next time we'll be lucky. Maybe next time's our day. Maybe next time, for the first time, the team won't wither away. We will hold the lead. We'll win a cup at last. Not a loser anymore, like the last time and the time before. Everybody loves a winner. Nobody loves the FC. <laughs> Knifey Lions fighting Garys want to change what they be. Well, all the odds are in our favor. Something's bound to begin. It's going to happen. Happen sometime. Maybe next time we'll win. Because Jeff Birding says we're winners. 
but just maybe not just yet. With Chris, with Chris Albright and Pat Noonan, it feels like a good bet. Well, the odds are in our favor, but I guess next season. It's got to happen. Happen sometime. Maybe next time. Maybe next time we'll win. Damn. Maybe next time. Damn. I mean, look. They hit the nail on the head, didn't they? <laughs> whether, whether they meant to or not. <laughs> yeah, so it looks like, it looks like we're, we're, we're not going to get any more headlines from Broadway World. Damn. They shut down, shut down the site. Shut down the site. I mean, it's a hell of a one to go out on. Um, but budget, no, let's... Cuts lay, budget cuts laying off the FC Cincinnati reporter at Broadway World, apparently. <laughs> it's all been replaced by Chet GVT. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sports Illustrated. <laughs> uh, we, may, we may have to do Broadway World headlines brought to you by Chet GVT in the future, which could be amusing in and of itself. Um, no, uh, Chief, I don't, I don't know if you saw this one. Uh, some guy by the name of Matt Brew uh, was quoting the Ohio Review Vice code in the uh, MLSsoccer.com article on this uh, <clears throat> on this rivalry, and basically saying Modell's law was the only the only reason why Save the Crew happened and was successful, and that and this was the real kicker that had that team left uh, for Austin. If if that law had not existed and that team did leave, all of the Columbus crew fans would have been FC Cincinnati fans. I, I thought it, it did bait a, uh, a particular notable crew fan. I, I don't know if you want to pick it up from here. Uh, yeah. So apparently, um, apparently the owner of the Columbus crew's got a little bit of rabbit ears here and <laughs> uh, decided to weigh in on this controversy involving who actually saved the crew. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I guess we just uh, we just got to read this conversation uh, or this tweet in its entirety because please let me tell you something it's uh, it's gold <laughs> from Dr. Pete Edwards it, he has the quote right there and it says me and a million members of the Columbus crew family would beg to differ so there's two images on this tweet one is of a screenshot of the actual article and the other is a picture of a bunch of crew fans wearing crew gear, uh, waving crew flags. I don't think that's a million people <laughs> in the view. And um, let me put it to you this way. If there were a million crew fans, a million crew fans, this league would not be on Apple TV. This league would have gotten a deal through legacy media because a million people were watching Columbus Crew games. That only must mean that tens of millions of people watch these games in bigger cities. And I don't think the crew have ever played a game outside of maybe MLS Cup that a million people watched. <laughs> also, what, what are you doing? As a sports owner, can you imagine Mike Brown getting on Twitter? He'd have to be told what Twitter was, and he would have to like get his flip phone or to replace with an iPhone. But can you imagine Mike Brown getting online and debating with Steelers fans? Like, <laughs> why does the owner of a soccer team, first of all, like, why does the owner of a soccer team care what one FC Cincinnati fan says? Like, you, people can just say, like, I don't know, I don't know. If, I don't know if this is like a secret, 
people can just say stuff. <laughs> like, like, you know, like if Alexi Lawless, like, tweet something you don't have to care about that people can just do whatever they it's neat they can just they can just say stuff right yeah. and you don't have to like like the fact that it went said doesn't mean like you've somehow suffered an injury <laughs> or you, know, you have to you respond need, you have to respond to it like yeah like uh it's like the so and also like you know this is like like him him responding to this this Matt Brew character, that's like a Rorschach like you're locked in here with me situation, <laughs> right? This is George Bernard Shaw's quote: "Never wrestle with pigs. You both get dirty, and the pig likes it." <laughs> hey, <laughs> damn! But like, but like, I mean, I'm not. We're fair. not. We're not here. This is not a debate, right? <laughs> right. We are, we are just, we're just having a good time, you know? And, you know, you can say something, it's a funny thing. And other than being like a funny thing and we can like believe stuff all we, even if this was like not, let's like assume that this like wasn't even true. Right. It's still a funny thing to say. Yeah. Right. And it's funnier because it is true. So. It's funnier because it is true, and it bothers them. Yeah. Yes, right. And, but like, you don't lose because somebody says like a funny thing about you. Right. You lose when you get mad about it. And all that all that Doctor Pete Edwards did was get red and mad online. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And not only that, too. When people say, you know, stuff that's verifiably untrue, uh. You come back at them with facts and disprove their argument, or you laugh it off and are like, yeah, you know what? It's not worth my time responding to that. You know, when, when somebody people... says something that's untrue, the move is not to argue with that person. <laughs> that person either knows it's not true and said it anyway, or, you know, they're like dumb or crazy or something, and you can't fix any of that. Right. Right. If there's any move, it's to like talk to other people. Right. The bottom line though is that reading that response and then reading the responses of all the other crew fans <laughs> that that hit a nerve. Oh yes. And it did. in none of the responses did anyone ever come close to categorically disproving that this was the case the closest ac the closest fight back you got on this was <laughs> no you don't understand there were lawyers in the save the crew movement they showed the attorney general of ohio where the law was like my man they hide this information in books like <laughs> <laughs> we discovered this it. law yeah. yeah you think you think mike dewine the attorney general who has a staff of hundreds of people working for him. Do you think not one of them has ever cracked a code book to look up the law? Right. Who and put who put the law there too? Right. This like, wasn't like some like ancient plate buried in Joseph Smith's backyard. Right. This was some member of state government typed up a law and then other members of state government in a public proceeding, 
voted for it, and it went in the little book, you know, and on and it, the Google but, machine. And, it and was also, not, not surrounding an insignificant right, historic event. Right. The Cleveland the Browns thing. leaving Cleveland was <laughs> the biggest story in Ohio. It was the biggest story in sports. The the picture of the sad big dog fan up there sitting in the dog pound was like viral before the concept of an image going viral existed. It was. Yeah, it would have been one thing if it would have been like some secret thing that nobody knew. It was somehow right. slipped into some weird, right. you know, holiday party appropriations thing they had to yeah. do. Or, and or like the, if the law traced back to like when the Akron Bean Eaters right, like right. up and left the city of Akron and moved to Topeka, Kansas, leaving the taxpayers holding the bill for a five thousand dollar grandstand right. that they would built at the local the Metro Park. No, this was like the Cleveland Browns. It's like something that like some Taft family member scrawled on a napkin in 1925, right? <laughs> right. This is law now. It's like, no, it's the idea that, oh, no, you don't understand. Crew fans educated Found the attorney general on this law they could have used. You are you are so committed to but making if, yourself the hero lawyers, of your own story. <laughs> even if those lawyers happen to be crew fans, it still means the operative part of it is that they're lawyers and it's the law. <laughs> them being crew fans had nothing to do with it. Right. I'd like, be it's, willing... it's not it's not a material fact. Right. Right. It has no causal relationship to what happened. <laughs> a school teacher. <laughs> they might have also been like Yeah. <laughs> they might have also been like uh uh you know friends of Seinfeld fans of Seinfeld. Right. You know, <laughs> or like uh fans of uh they might they might have been furries. Right. You know, they probably were. <laughs> I I feel confident in saying like in the first handful of reports of the crew to Austin movement, there would have been speculation of it's unclear how Modell's law will play into like it's so obvious that like it would have been immediately a part of the speculation. But no, the fact that Dr. Pete Edwards felt the need to defend the honor of Save the Crew, I mean doth protest too much you, you've essentially proved the point there and it's fucking bold to say a million fans and then to tweet a photo of maybe 200 people <laughs> surely you would go with a larger crowd like, a full, like the full stadium full where stadium at the very would least perfect. you could be like you know what there were many more people that couldn't get tickets to this event right. that were trying to get in it's like no you have like a bunch of people gathered at the town square um and and you know if 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 a relationship of these attorneys to the crew had any bearing on the outcome, mm. I would wager it was that it was less that they were like fans of the crew and more that like they did legal work for the crew or the crew's ownership group. <laughs> and they were like, oh shit. I'm going to lose my job. <laughs> Our client's going to move to Texas. <laughs> Let me stop this. <laughs> we got a way to, oh shit, Ohio's got a thing for this. <laughs> yeah, did you see that? Ohio's got to keep me getting paid law. <laughs> right. Yeah, Anthony Precourt uh, wants us to start researching Ohio Revised Code 967. Have you guys ever heard of this before? I just looked it up and it says about sports teams moving. What? <laughs> <laughs> they knew we were doing this. <laughs> The calls uh, coming from inside the building. Um, it uh, Pat Brennan wrote an article about this too. It's just it's yeah, it's it, it it will never not be funny. And I'm just I'm upset in hindsight that they also won the game even more 
because man, your owner getting triggered and your fan base getting triggered by your founding mythos or your <laughs> your central organizing mythos being unraveled. It was like you know telling them they had no that Santa Claus isn't real is what like that was right there. It really was. Doesn't it help? So um, <laughs> I'm gonna have a I'm gonna it, it doesn't make you feel better though that like you know that they're bothered like yes. about the, they can't like fully enjoy anything because they're genuinely bothered <laughs> about this. Like I was thinking of um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil um. The, the TV show, The Americans. Okay. Uh, for a second. Um, but there's like the, in the last episode, um, the, the two spies, they've been burned. They've been caught by the FBI, but they're like wiggling out to like go on the run. And they're talking to the FBI agent as they're escaping. And he, as he's leaving, the husband uh, spy says to the FBI agent, he's like, Oh, by the way, um, I think your new wife might be one of us. And then they leave. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, yeah. So now, now not only did you like get away from this guy, right? And even though, but you know, he, he may have burned your operation, but you've ruined this guy's life by putting this thought in his head. Right. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. I've done worse than kill you. I've hurt you. Right, I'm going yeah. to go on hurting you <laughs> <laughs> i really hoped it was translating to like from top to bottom their organization was fucking rattled about this game but uh no they, the, they, they what will bring me great what will bring me great joy that i have to investigate at some later date is whether or not a text message or an email was sent to the league offices about this story and like potentially complaining that would make things so much better if mm. the, the cruise ownership was attempting to get a story pulled I mean, from, from give it MLS a week. Soccer.com. Give it a week, right? I, I wouldn't be surprised if that story did not have a permanent shelf life on that website. <laughs> well, thank you, Pat Brennan, for making sure that this lives <laughs> in infamy right here and lives on uh, for the rest of days. Because you know what? That uh, you may win the games, you may win the derbies, but you were saved by the Cleveland Browns, not your. <laughs> fan base which was non-existent as we all know <sighs> a million strong all right it's it's uh it's tough scenes it's it's tough i don't know uh i don't know gentlemen where are we at how do we leave this how do we how do we feel after has it has have you guys felt better talking about this has this made it any better it has a little bit yeah i think so I can I can talk myself into roster moves all bright now with I don't know some more play time I think I think there's the ability to build something I mean I think of it this way right Albright clearly had a plan to like year one. Hey, let's be competitive. If we if we make the playoffs, great. Like this is going to be a total rebuild gut job. Year two. Man, we should be making the playoffs. Let's push for, you know, maybe hosting a game. That would be cool. And then year three, year four, hey, let's be competing for trophies. And in year one, we were a game or two shy from hosting a playoff game. We won a playoff game. In year two, we won the fucking supporter shield. We're knocking on the door of the all-time points record, and we're two games away from, you know, 
playing playing for all the marbles in the Open Cup and MLS Cup. I mean, if that's where the rebuild is now, bring on years three and four. Like this is we are so far ahead of schedule and we're not a quarterback heavy team or league or sport. And so if one guy goes down, it's not the end of the world. So, yeah, we can be ahead of schedule and we can have the faith and trust that Albright that got us to this point will continue on this trajectory. And the next couple of years should be even better. I really hope one of our 12 listeners isn't a Florida State alum, Kevin, because that <laughs> probably would be a very triggering statement you Look, just made. I am saying as a Bengals fan <laughs> that, wow, the Bengals ah. are ahead of schedule. Burrow's dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's, it's, that's where I'm at with this. I don't know. I think it's okay to be mad. Yeah. I think it's okay to be upset. I think it's okay to however you need to process this is okay if you need to process this with cope cope if you need to process this with anger get mad if you need to process this with crying sadness wallowing wallow um it sucks this is something that we know far too well in this city What's neat is that the ship will launch again here in about six to eight weeks <laughs> because I think I looked. The first possible window for a CONCACAF Champions Cup match is February 2nd to February 6th. Oh, my God. <laughs> so <I'm not> ready. <laughs> that is that is that is less than two months. <laughs> oh. And um. I think why I love this team and why I love sports is that there are so few things in my life that make me feel. And I felt dead inside walking out of the stadium, but that's that's something. You're feeling. Yeah. It's 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 fun to care. And um you you know it it's if this team does win MLS Cup it will feel so much better knowing that it's been so shitty along the way. <laughs> yeah. Dues have been paid. All right. <laughs> Dues yeah. have been paid. And I would just, I would just echo <clears throat> generally what the chief just said. I mean, we are here to validate you, you guys, your feelings, right? Like your feelings, your expression of your feelings. Valid. Okay. You don't have to, you don't have to like, you don't have to, let's say, grieve in any way that, that anybody else approves of. None of it makes you like the right kind of fan or a good fan or a bad fan or whatever. You are, you've done whatever work you need to do to show that, you know, you're a, you're to show you're a real fan. You know, you've been showing up, you've been, Following the team, you've been living and dying with the results. Um, there is one thing that I will not validate. It's like, don't DM the players. Oh, God, no. <laughs> ever. 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 <laughs> don't tag them on Twitter. Never, no. ever tag the player. So as long as, as, do that. as long as you're, but as long as, you know, you're just you know, doing it with, by yourself or with your friends or in our, 
our discord or another chat group that you might be in. I'm not going to tell you how to fan, you know, you want to cope, you want to cry, you want to shut down, you want to step away for a couple weeks. Hell yeah. Whatever, whatever you got to do, you know, we're going to come back strong come February and um, we'll be here for you in the off season. This is true because we're sickos and we continue to podcast through the sad and (laughs) podcast through the off season. Um, (sighs) And yeah. And even if we don't come back strong next year, we'll still be here for that. (laughs) (laughs) We've, we've certainly been fans through some pretty lean years. No, I, uh, yeah, this has been a fun season, a sad end. Don't get me wrong, but it's been really fun. I'll say to do the podcast through this season. Um, to to see the discord grow i mean we crossed pretty cool milestone just recently with the uh, number of members there so yeah like it's it's been really fun to watch this thing grow to have this fan base come together to watch this city like fall in love with this team was a ton of fun it's what makes this ending so sad and so crushing and so so painful but um yeah i don't know i think Thanks for being here and fuck Columbus. Just from the depths of my soul, I say this even knowing that they have danced on our home turf. It just makes me say it louder. Fuck Columbus. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Cincy Postcast, which is a production of The Post Cincy. You can check us out at thepostcincy.com for all of our written content, as well as links to our social media. You can follow us on Twitter, and as well, you can join us on our Discord server. You can find links to that server both in this episode description as well as on our website. That is where most of our conversations are going on. We have a lovely community there talking about FC Cincinnati, MLS, anything and everything else and everything in between. We also want to give a huge thanks to Jim Trace and the Makers for providing all of the music you've heard throughout this episode. They're an amazing local Cincinnati band. Again, more information about them is in the description of this episode. And if you enjoyed what you listened to, and you've made it to the end, so I'm going to assume you liked it, or you just can't reach your stop button, please like us, review us, subscribe to us, wherever you are getting your podcasts, that is going to be really, really helpful. But more importantly, share this with a friend. A personal recommendation helps sped a podcast so much further. So please share this if you know somebody in your life who's an FC Cincinnati fan, an MLS fan, somebody that you think would enjoy this, pass it on over. Thank you so, so much again for listening. It blows me away that people continue to listen to us. And thank you so, so much again.